Hey everybody, welcome to East to West Weight Loss Surgery, where we support the community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April and I am the West. And I'm Jason and I'm the East. And today we are super excited to welcome back Becca. You can find her on Instagram at, ref at refreshingbecca. Uh, Becca joined us a few weeks ago uh, in one of our podcasts and uh, Jason uh, had to step away from that episode. He was there in the beginning. Uh, and when Becca and I, as soon as I stopped recording the episode, Becca and I had another hour long conversation <laughs> about some things that she has been experiencing in her life before her weight loss surgery uh, procedure. And that conversation was so meaningful. It was so powerful that we, uh, we decided that we needed to turn that into a podcast episode because so many people I think are going to resonate with what we are talking about today. So kind of before we go into what the outsider syndrome is and we dive into the episode, Becca, will you just introduce yourself to, to our watchers and to our listeners? Kind of who are you? Where are you from? How old are you? What type of surgery you hope to have? And then anything else that you'd like people to know about you? Sure. So hi guys, my name is Becca. Um, I'm on Instagram at refreshing.becca. Um, so as April said, I was here two, two weeks ago. Um, April and I kind of dived into identity and what it's looking like before surgery and what it could look like after surgery. Um, so I am 22 years old. I live in Connecticut. I am hoping to have the sleeve done hopefully by summer probably the end of summer hopefully mm -hmm. um and so i found east to west because i was following april and i april posted about the what was it the um oh maybe the podcast no oh, the virtual sessions yes um yeah. <laughs> and um and she's like come on join and i was like okay and I was like, maybe we'll see. And I joined and like, I just like, I was so overwhelmed with the community and I just, I'm back. <laughs> and we're so happy that you're here. So Becca, Jason and Jason and I, uh, Becca lovingly refers to us as her VSG mom and dad. And we are so honored to have those titles. Uh, Becca is not afraid to ask questions. And we're so thankful that, that she does because we've gotten to know each other really well. And things that we would have never thought about, right? Becca brings up because we're all in different places. I'm 10, maybe I think I might almost be 11 months out from surgery. Jason's, I think three or three months out. Almost, and almost three, yeah. Okay, yep. And Becca's just, just pre-op. So it's so nice that we can have a conversation because we're all in different, you know, we're, we're all in different places of our journey. So we appreciate your questions and we appreciate you, Becca, being so open and honest and willing to like, yeah, just have these conversations with us because sometimes this stuff is not easy to talk about. So the fact that you're, you're down to do that, we're, we very much appreciate it. So thank you very much. Of course, thanks for having me. Totally. So uh, if, you, if this is the first time that you're listening uh, or the first time that you're watching, really great news. There are two ways that you can take in this podcast. We are now, I think, almost on every single podcast player. We, are, we just found out today that we are on iHeartRadio. Of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify Podcasts, or uh, you can click the link in our Instagram bio. It will take you to our Anchor uh, homepage, and you can listen from there. We also have a fabulous YouTube channel where you can watch this podcast. 
which is fabulous because we all have adorable faces and we talk a lot with our hands and with our faces. So if you want to watch us, we also recommend that you find us there on our YouTube channel. So uh, if, you, if you're listening or you're watching, we thank you very much for, for tuning in and we thank you for being a part of this community. Uh, and kind of how this episode came about was just a conversation that, that Becca and I had. So if you uh, have a question or if you want to reach out about something, please do just direct message us. That's pretty much the best way to get a hold of us. That's how Becca connected with all of us. She just direct messaged us and started asking questions. So we love to, to talk to people in the community. We absolutely, absolutely respond to everything. So, uh, so definitely do reach out with your questions, reach out with your concerns, or you know, you just need to connect with somebody who's kind of been through it or is going through something. You are, we, we, we are here for that. That's the whole reason that we exist. So exactly. We also uh, would ask for feedback, positive, negative, any feedback, because uh, we're not experts at this. We just saw uh, a hole in the community and decided to try to help fill it with as much information as we can. So uh, your reviews help a ton, liking, sharing, subscribing, all that information, you know, anything you can do to help further the message. If you've got somebody you think would really resonate with an episode, send it to them, let them know where to find us. And like April said, we're very good at answering messages, either she or I, either one, we monitor the page all the time, get all the direct, you know, the notifications that we get messages. So please reach out if you have any questions or concerns, we'll be more than happy to go over stuff with you. And uh, hopefully just like Becky, you can also be a guest on the podcast. Absolutely. I think it's like the, it's a, I think it's the favorite thing that we've done so far. We just talked to so many people and yes. I know Jason and I, every time we do this, we leave going, oh my gosh, I learned so much or like, oh, this finally clicked yes. for me. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a gift for, for all of us, for sure. Definitely. Okay, so let's dive right in. Today we are talking about what I have coined, this is not a clinical term, but what I have coined the outsider syndrome. Uh, and the reason that I came up with that is because sometimes when we publicly tell people that we are going to undergo weight loss surgery, we all of a sudden become an outsider in our own groups. We become an outsider in our family, we become an outsider in our friend group, we become an outsider in our social circle. Uh, and that's a really difficult place for us to be because when we tell people that we're having weight loss surgery, we know why we're doing it. We're doing it to better ourselves and our lives. We're doing it to extend our life. We're doing it to be healthy. We're doing it for all good reasons. And then all of a sudden the people that we tell have this reaction that we are not anticipating or expecting. We're so excited about our decision, yet when we share it with people, we're, we're met with like this, you know, kind of like, huh, well, that's odd. Or, well, why would you do that? Or you just need to exercise more. Or you just need to, right, to, to fill in the blank. Uh, so it's a very odd phenomenon that I think a lot of us experience. And while some of us might not experience it at all, that's fantastic. Uh, a lot of us, many of us in this community have experienced this. So this is definitely not like a clinical term. Like if you go and Google the outsider syndrome, you're probably not gonna get this. So I just wanna make clear, this is, this is not clinical. This is just something that like, that popped into my brain uh, when Becca and I were talking about it. It's something that I experienced on, on a very small level. But in conversations with other people who have been through weight loss surgery, I noticed that this is something that a lot of other people have, have been through. So we just thought this would be really good to dive into this topic today because it could be, it could be, could be important. Uh, so the thing that I will say about the outsider syndrome is that right, a lot of times, no matter what we do, either before or after weight loss surgery, whatever we have done, for some reason, we don't fit in. 
right? So no matter what we try, somebody's going to tell us, well, you should have done that, right? So we've kind of probably all had this conversation where you're like, hey, I'm thinking about having weight loss surgery. And somebody's like, oh, well, you just need to eat less jack-in-the-box, or you just need to work out more, or you need to do keto, or you need to do Atkins, or you should try yoga, or you need to go vegan, right? Everybody's going to offer us something that we should try. And I think in these conversations, I can see us all nodding, right? We're all going, yeah, we've done all those things, right? Like I've tried all of those things with fidelity and yet nothing has worked. So no matter what we try to do, it's not going to fit into somebody else's, right? Into somebody else's box. And when it comes to weight loss surgery, I think what makes it so uh, off-putting to people is that a lot of people have problems with weight. Right? Weight is just not something that, that we were the only ones that struggled with. So all of a sudden, when you say publicly, hey, I'm going to do something about my weight. I'm going to have weight loss surgery. All of a sudden, anybody who has struggled with their weight now all of a sudden thinks that that is like an instant judgment that you are putting on them, even though you're not, even though you're just saying like, hey, I'm having weight loss surgery. Anybody who has ever struggled with their weight all of a sudden goes, okay, well, wait a minute. I struggle with my weight and I know that you struggle with your weight because you're fat, right? We, we can't hide our struggle. We, we are the physical manifestation of our struggle. So when all of a sudden we say, hey, I'm going to do something about it. Now people have to reflect on their own choices because if you are brave enough or if you are going to take the step to have weight loss surgery to do something about your weight, then all of a sudden, these stories that they have been telling themselves about their own weight now all of a sudden become something that they have to acknowledge that maybe I've been lying to myself because if you can do it, I could also do it. And that creates this tension, this friction between people. Just that one statement, I'm going to have weight loss surgery. It just, it just blow, blows everything up. And a lot of times it can also go against the rules that have been set by your community or the rules that have been set by your family, right? So now, so all of a sudden, well, you know, if you're going to have weight loss surgery, well, you know, we eat a certain way or we celebrate a certain way, or we have these certain traditions that are around food. And now you're telling me that you're going to take yourself out of that, out of that family or out of, out of these rules. Nobody likes that right? Everybody wants everybody in a group to kind of be the same. You are a group because you do things similarly. So then all of a sudden when that one person goes, uh, I think I want to try something different, right? The group's going, oh, hell no, right? This is, this is not what we do. These are not our rules. All of a sudden you are not one of us anymore. And very quickly, it's almost like you just get picked up and you get plopped to the outside of that group. And then all of a sudden you are, you're looking in uh, at the group that you that you used to to belong to, and you're just going, okay, but all I'm doing is is helping myself. So today we we're we're, we're going to dive into this. We're going to dive into the outsider syndrome. We're going to talk about how the three of us have experienced this phenomenon in our own groups, and then we are going to talk about things that we can do to overcome this feeling, so that we are not the outsider, because we're not, uh, and how we can encourage our groups, our friends, our family, our social circles to, to accept what we're doing for our health and then to support us along the way. Uh, do you guys have anything to, to add to that, to, the, to kind of the, the quick definition of what it is? No, you pretty much nailed it. <laughs> Becca? Is, yeah, you're good. 
All right. Awesome. I love it. Okay. So how this all came about is a few weeks ago, like I said, Becca and I were, were on the podcast. We're talking about identity. And uh, I think really where the, I've, I've been trying to think about where this stemmed from, but the question that I think Becca kept coming back to is, you know, I just, I guess I just don't know where to start. I don't even know what my identity is. And I asked her, I said, well, who, who in your life, who in your social circle, who in your family could you turn to, to kind of, you know, like model this around? And she, she had said a couple people, you know, in her family and it just dawned on me. I just thought, you know, how many people in your family are overweight or obese? You know, are most of the, most of your actual examples, are they, do they look like, you know, how you want to look like? And, you know, and her, her feedback was a little bit, a little bit mixed. Um, and we really just kind of dove into like, well, you know, what, what are your family saying? Or, you know, what, what are your reactions that, that people are having when you, when you tell them that they have weight loss surgery? And that kind of led to this, this conversation. So I think if we can, Becca, just start there. So, you know, when I asked you about your family, when I asked you about who in your family, you know, is living how you want to live, you know, what, what was your response to that? Um, so to kind of go back, um, you asked about like, the original question was who in your family like is obese is everybody in your family obese and my answer was yes my my parents my brother um i have some aunt and uncles that are but i also have aunt and uncles who aren't so it's like kind of like you said that kind of like weird mix um but the the main person that i like thought of well there's actually two it's um my aunt and uncle it's my mom's brother and his wife um and they they are like the living like eat, sleep, breathe, healthy kind of people that I envision when I think of somebody who's living the life that I would love to live. And what was their reaction when you told them you were having weight loss surgery? Um, so I told my aunt and um, my aunt has always like kind of like been on my back like with my weight and she's always been like, yeah, like you kind of have to make some better choices and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, like whatever, like, you know. Um, and that was when I was younger and um, when I told her I was actually in the hospital for my first nutrition appointment and I was like, yeah, like I got to go like really quick, but I'm having weight loss surgery. She's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> um, she was so supportive. Like she was like, so I ended up telling a set of, um, aunt and uncles and another set. So them, um, and that was it. And the first set they were, so they're, they're, they're obese. Like they're, they're, they're not skinny. They're, they've got some junk to them. Um, they were kind of like receptive and that's where I got that negative kind of like feedback back from them. And my uncle was like, oh no, like, no, no, how, why? All like a hundred million questions. Um, whereas my other aunt, the healthy one was like, yeah, like tell me all about it. Like what's, like, what do you have to do? How long are you gonna be at work? How much this, how much that? And she was so supportive where it was just like kind of mind blowing how I told two separate people with two different lifestyles who one supported me and one was like, yeah, well, I'll just pray that you make the right decision. Well, my decision was already made. Yes. And it's interesting and, and we'll, we'll kind of get into this, but it's normal for people to wonder and to have questions about weight loss surgery. You say I'm having weight loss surgery. It's so, it's almost never talked about in our society, right? And then when it is, the, 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 the questions come, right? But 
there, there's a positive way or there's, an, there's a supportive way to ask questions and then there's a not supportive way to ask questions, right? So all of a sudden when the questions start coming very quickly, you can tell like, oh, is this person jazzed yet scared? Or is this person like, oh, oh no, 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 like you're, you're, you're questioning and, and just not supportive. And it, it always fascinates me uh, who's asking those questions and kind of what, what their situation is in life because it's normal for people to have questions, but for us to be successful, we need, we need people to ask questions and be supportive. We need not ask questions and be like, well, I, you know, I can't help you and that just seems ridiculous and you know, kind of like you're on your own. Um, well, and when you get into a situation like that, it really, like, we, like you had kind of alluded to in the breakdown of, of what the outsider syndrome is, is you know, it, the fact that her healthier aunt and uncle didn't have an issue with like they they're excited to see her actually doing something to get healthier because there's no self-reflection involved in that because they're already living the life they want to be living so you get somebody that's not living that healthy life and they're all of a sudden they're faced with the fact that oh shit what am i doing you know if she's doing this to better herself i'm not doing anything to better myself yet i'm in the same situation or i'm bigger or i'm smaller or whatever it is you have to then look at yourself have a little bit of self-reflection in there and think well damn if she's doing something about hers then i should probably be doing something about mine but now it looks like she's proactive and i'm just sitting here like i don't care and so that it automatically throws a negative connotation onto it when it really should when in reality, like she had said, her decision was already made. And the fact that they're trying to kind of sabotage it from the, you know, after the fact, it's like, well, don't, don't try to raise doubt now because I'm already doing what I want to do. Like, this is my decision that's made. I'm, a, I'm an adult and I'm going to do it. Like the, the fact of just bringing in that negativity is just not, it's just not going to be something that's, that's, that's going to assist you in support going down the road after, after you you know, when you hit the post-op stage. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's Jason, you and I have often talked about this people we've had doctors tell us before we made the commitment to have weight loss surgery, like maybe you should have weight loss surgery. And you and I both reacted the same way. We're like, Oh, hell no. Like what me? No, I, I'm not that big. Like, this is not a problem. I'm just going to eat more cornflakes and do some more sit-ups and poof, I'm going to be 150 pounds. Be like, so you're saying I need a new doctor. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right so we all know what that feeling is like we we all have internally had that gut check from somebody else so i think you know we have been on both sides of the outsider syndrome right we have been that person that's like oh no like no i you're you're not doing this like now you're trying to make me an outsider oh no and then we have also been the outsider because, you know, Jason, you and I have kind of been through this and, and we've gotten this pushback. And Beckett, you are now seeing kind of what this, this pushback is, right? By saying that we're having weight loss surgery, we have broken some unwritten rules in our circles. And when we break those rules, the group wants to kick you out, right? Because the only reason that you're a group is because you do and think and, and, and act the same way. That's what a group is. Uh, so when all of a sudden you, you make decisions that go against those, those group rules, right? People just, nope, we're, you, you are not welcome. And that's devastating because this is our family. These are our friends. And we're expecting a different reaction when we tell them, you know, what, what we're going to do. And the reaction is not what we're expecting. And that's devastating. It really means that some relationships are shifting 
pretty much instantly. And nobody knows where it's going to land because it's such a huge, it's such a huge shift. So when you told other people in your family, Becca, what, what were their reactions? So I actually stopped telling people after that. Oh my God. Seriously? Yeah. Um, what? so what happened? So my mom and I, and like my, of like immediate family, like my boyfriend, my parents, my brother, like we, we knew I was going to have surgery. Like they knew I was going like to appointments and stuff like that. And once I got my first nutrition appointment, my mom was like, you can start telling people. And I'm like, okay. And so like, I have a huge family. I'm Italian. And for me to just tell two sets of aunt and uncles, that's, that's like not even a quarter of like my family. So like, I just, I don't know why I haven't told everybody either yet. Like, I don't know if like, I'm just scared of more of that pushback or like whatnot because like as you were talking I was thinking about how like I told my friends and I have I have a skinny friend and I have a another fat friend like and she's smaller than me but she was like are you are you serious like you're gonna have surgery like that's that's what you're gonna do and I was like well yeah like I, I was like I'm just kind of like sick and tired of being like fat and like I'm over this I need to do this for me and she's like okay like well I'll support you and whereas like my skinny friend was like do it like whatever you want to do like I'm here to support you and stuff like that and it's just like really funny how like again like that two separate lifestyle like two people that are different lifestyles are just saying two different things and I I have an absolute shot in the dark uh cracker jack psychologist analysis of that I swear to god I swear to god that the reason that that those uh, responses tend to differ is I can only go back to my, my, my personal experience. When I was before surgery, when I was fat, 90% of my brain was taken up with food. I did not have the capacity to think about all of these things that I now have the capacity to think of. And I swear to God, it has something to do with that, right? Because when you are obese, when you are overweight, so much of your, your thinking brain is dedicated to, to food. It just is because it, it's, it's your addiction. It's how you are wired now. Your, your life revolves around food. And when all of these other things come at you, it's just overwhelming. You're just like, oh my God, there's so much here that I have to think about. I just can't, you know, I just can't. And again, like Jason, like what you said earlier and what the outsider syndrome is, is that when I was obese, I was telling myself stories about why I couldn't lose the weight. And it was more comforting to tell me those stories because it, it gave me an out to continue to be fat, right? Well, there's all of these reasons, and, but, I, but I'm active and I eat salads and I don't sneak food and I don't go to fast food, all these stories that I was telling myself, but the, they were not true. And I was allowing myself to believe them because it gave me permission to just stay fat because I knew, and I think we all know deep down how much work it takes to actually live as a thin person. And I believe that surgery is so powerful because it gives our brains and our body a break from food for a couple solid months. I mean, there, there is a clean physical break. And in that break time, your brain gets to readjust to the reality of life. And all of a sudden you realize that all these stories that I've been telling myself about my weight and my eating and my activity were straight up lies. And it gives you this time to rectify it. 
And then you get all this brain capacity back because you're not thinking about food. Like, I mean, Jason, you know, it's like for the first two months, you want absolutely like, I mean, you want nothing to do with food. I remember telling my husband, I don't give a shit if you starve because I'm done with food forever. Like you are on your own. Our marriage is dissolved in terms of me preparing food for you. Like, good luck, bro. Cause I'm only eating water from this point forward. So water and protein shakes, nothing else. I don't care. Like I've had three protein shakes, a peanut butter ball, and some water. And so whatever happens on your side of the fence, that's on you. Uh, <laughs> it's just such an odd feeling. But that break allows your brain to finally start thinking about things, I think, in, in, a, in a food-free environment. And I swear, I told, I told my surgeon and I told Wendy, my therapist, I said, I finally get how different fat people are from thin people in terms of just their ability to think. It has nothing to do with who they are as a person. It has nothing to do with any of that. But it's like, I finally get now why my healthy weight friends are healthy weight because they are not thinking about food 90% of the day. And it's like, oh my God, they have so much more capacity to think about other things and to do other things. So to make this very long thing wrap up, I think, you know, I just think that, that people who are thinner, they have more capacity to, to understand and to empathize and to support and to, and to get it because the flip side is true for them. They have no idea what you're going through. They absolutely don't because their brain has never been in that, in that position. So it's not surprising to me that, that your overweight friends and family react different than your than your normal or your healthy weight people, right? Whatever that happens to be. So, you know, I'm going to push you on that question again, right? Why, why have you not told more people? Because you're jazzed about it. When you talk to Jason and I about it, you're like super stoked about it. When you're on your Instagram page, you're super stoked about it, but yet you haven't told people. I don't know. I I mean, it, it makes sense just for the fact, if nothing else, that I mean, if you if you have this large family, you're Italian, so of course you're close to your family. That's just kind of how that works. And I can understand being let down by the odd, off-putting reaction you got. And you don't want that same disappointment to come from other family members. If you can harness that down to one little corner of the entire picture of the family, that makes perfect sense why you didn't, why you wouldn't want to continue to tell people, keep it close to the best, and just for the people that you have the positive reactions with. And, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I, I mean, the only other, like, when I think about, like, my family, like, I think a lot of them will be supportive, but there's also like family that I'm not close to. And though like that set of aunt and uncles that I told, those were like the closest that I feel personally to. Um, like the only other person that I could possibly think of like, telling would be, mind you, like the, the aunt and uncle and the whole other side of the family that I'm thinking about is on my mom's side. And I haven't even got to my dad's side yet. Um, would be my, my grandfather. Like that's the only person that I would tell, but like, also I, I'm kind of at the point where like, I don't want to tell him because like, I know like he's older and he might forget and stuff like that. And like, I don't want to, I kind of just don't want to put that stress on him to like, remember like why up until 
that day that I go into surgery that I'm getting surgery done and why I was getting surgery done and all that. So I think that's kind of why too. But then also it comes down to like my father's side where I'm not close to them at all. Um, I don't talk to them. Like I avoid them at all costs. Um, and the other part of my mom's family, I don't talk to them either because of specific reasons and stuff like that. So like, I don't have a duty to tell them anything personal about my life either way because they don't, they don't know me anyways. So it doesn't really matter. Um, so yeah. Well, and, and, and empty judgment from people that you're not close to doesn't do anything to help or, I mean, it, it, it can actually hurt if you're really getting it from all sides, some negativity, it's going to creep in a little bit. But I know like from my experience myself, the older people that I told in my life, I got not, not disappointment or any kind of pushback or negativity. They just don't understand. Like if they're the older they are, the more they remember like the horror stories when the gastric bypass first started and lap bands first started. So a lot of people were dying in the eight in the, in the late eighties, early nineties from gastric bypass because it was so new and they didn't really have it all figured out yet. And so that's what they remember. They flash back to they hear weight loss surgery, gastric bypass, people die. That's their connection and then you have to talk them off the ledge because they're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And you're like, calm down, ease up. Like it's, it's been, you know, 30, 40 years, like things have come a long way. So you got to go through that portion of it. Then you got to let them know, like they don't even do the lap band anymore. So that's not even part of it. You explain to them kind of how it's going to go down. And then like, like my father, who's 73 years old, I still, to this day, I'll get a call from him and he'll be like, you know, I have my surgery March 11th and he'll call, everything going okay? Like, um, yeah, you're a couple months late on that. If something bad was going to happen, it would have happened on March 11th or, <laughs> you know, directly following. Like, I'm so far out now that if something happened, it wouldn't even be related to that. So we're good. Like, we're all straight. Like, I promise everything's good. Like, please calm down. Um, so, you know, he's finally getting to the point now where it's just like weight checkups and how I'm doing and make sure everything's still going like it's supposed to go. So, but, but as far as pushback, I was like, I was the, I was the most unhealthy person that I knew, like period to that point. I outweighed everybody I knew by probably 200 pounds. Like I, I was just the mess of everyone. So I got nothing. I was lucky enough to have nothing but support with a few questions sprinkled here or there to make sure because I have a couple of friends within my extended, you know, outer line group that have had the surgery. And so their spouses and everybody kind of know, like everybody's familiar enough with it that when I kind of brought it up, everybody was more relieved than anything. Cause they all know, like my friend group is close enough that they all know my blood pressure struggles and my, you know, my issues with my weight have caused me an everyday normal life. And so without them really bringing it up, because they kind of already knew that I was disappointed in myself enough not to drag that out on me, but they all kind of breathed a sigh of relief when they knew that I was doing something about it and have been really behind me in all the progress that I've made so far. So I myself was lucky enough to not only not have to deal with a lot of the negativity, but to also have the boost of support behind me. So, but I do know that there are a lot of people that face, you know, like April and I had talked about the, one of the reasons we started this was to dispel the stigma behind weight loss surgery so that, you know, future 
patients such as yourself don't have to go through this with friends and family members and friends groups and, and things like that, because I honestly, it, it's aggravating to me to hear anybody be prejudged on something that's going to make them feel better because I know how I felt before surgery and I know how I feel now. And if anybody has a, had a problem with me going from what I was to what I am today, I don't need those people in my life anymore because I was a miserable human being because I felt awful. And today I wouldn't have been able to do a quarter of the stuff that I did today already before I jumped on this podcast. Like I was telling you guys a little bit ago, like that stuff wasn't even a, like I'd get winded. Like I, and I've said this before, I'd get winded walking to the car from the house and that's like 20 steps. Mm -hmm. and today I've probably already got, I think I've got 8,000 steps in today already, and it's just past noon, you know, it's like one thirty, yeah, on the East Coast, so that to me, that would never have happened, like it would take me a week to get 8,000 steps before surgery, and now I'm doing it in a half a day, so I mean, it's not, those are the types of people that, that I, I would want to distance myself from anyway, if it's possible. If not, I would have a whole lot of education sessions coming up because you're going to sit down and you're going to learn. We're dispelling the ignorance today because going forward, we're going, you're going to get on the train. That's how it's going to happen going from today on. I love it. Yes. <laughs> and it, it is so, it is so frustrating to know that, that, that people can be treated as outsiders when they make the decision to have weight loss surgery. Because Jason, you and I are now on the other side of it. And we know how fantastic we feel. We know how amazing our lives are now. Why would anybody want to stop us or make us feel bad for doing something that has so greatly benefited our lives? It's asinine. It makes no sense. But that just speaks to the power of groupthink the power of group mentality and the power that people can have over our lives and over our decisions. Because deep down, we all want to be a part of a group. We all want to be on the inside. And all of a sudden, when we make a decision or when we say something that puts us on the outside, our natural inclination is to do whatever we can to get back into, into that group because that's safe. That's why we were fat for so long. That was safe. That was comforting. That was what we knew. And the group is going to try to pull us back in because they don't like to see change, right? This is the group. These are the rules. This is how we do things. And when all of a sudden you go to the group and you say, Hey, I'm doing something different. Oh, hell no. No, you are not. And if you're going to continue with that, we're going to kick you out to the outside and you are going to stay there. And that's devastating because these are the people who, who we thought loved and supported us no matter what. And then all of a sudden, when you tell them something and you get this visceral reaction that you're not expecting, it's gut-wrenching. And Becca, you said, you said something uh, earlier, and I just want to reiterate, and I don't think you said these exact words, but you are absolutely correct. You don't owe anybody anything. You don't have to tell a single soul what you are doing. So I definitely don't want to make it seem like I'm sitting here saying, well, everybody needs to know what you're doing. No. It's your business and, and you, you are allowed to do whatever you, you want to do. What I want to make sure that people know is that if you do choose to tell people and all of a sudden you find yourself feeling like the outsider, there are some things that you can do to, to, to mitigate those, those effects. So if you're not comfortable telling people, you don't have to tell a, a single person. Uh, and I think that you, you know, after you've already told some family members, you, you're kind of seeing the pushback. 
and you're seeing the power that your statement is making on other people and the stories that other people are telling themselves because we've all told each other stories uh, and and when we get to the point in our lives as the three of us have where we know we have tried everything with fidelity. We have done things honestly, we have seen things through and we cannot lose the weight. We know that this is what we have to do. And I really think that once you get to that point, even though what people say are gonna be hurtful and you're gonna feel like an outsider, it's gonna shift your relationships, none of that matters as, as much as you living a healthy life, right? So when you've got to that point, it hurts, it's painful, I don't like this feeling, but you're not willing to go back. You've, you've kind of broken, you've, you've broken the, right, the, the grip of the group and you're, and you're saying, you know what, if this is what the group is about, I don't want anything to do with it. Just like what you, what Jason said, right? Either you're going to get on the train or the train's leaving, but this is your choice now. And that's a really powerful place to be. So I think that, well, Becky, you're feeling, you're feeling pain and, and hurt. You also are in a great position of power. All of a sudden you have some personal power that you maybe have never felt before in your life. And you can use that power to propel you forward into this next stage, this next chapter of your life. And, um, and it's going to feel really odd because I know for me, I didn't have a lot of power, even though I portrayed like I did, I didn't feel like I did. And all of a sudden when you get that, that little piece of it, you kind of don't know what to do with it. And that's okay. All you have to do is just keep it close and just use that as your fuel. Refill your tank when, when these feelings come. That, that, is, that is the fuel that's going get, to get you through to surgery. Well, and the biggest thing about that you'll see is you'll, you'll notice a lot of people when they're pre-op and they're going through the stages that are just, just freshly post-op, you'll see a lot of people using the, the, the tagline, taking their life back, you know, starting a new chapter, all those things that like April said, the power that comes from that is you reinventing yourself to this new person that you're going to now be, and you're going to feel different. Things are going to look different, smell different, taste different. Like things are, I mean, there's going to be changes that happen. And so it's only natural to have changes in some of those relationships as well, whether it be, you know, and those can be a, a, a vast difference, you know, of, of things that could change for the positive end, maybe possibly some negative, but it's all in how you approach it as to kind of how that works for you. And the biggest thing about, uh, about kind of whether or not you decide to tell people kind of how you approach that situation is as long as you're finding you know, somebody, as long as you find your support somewhere, that's all that matters. And the sad thing is, is there are a lot of people that have to look outside to basically strangers to get that support. But right, exactly. And our situation was exactly how that worked. And, but that's also why April and I started this whole thing was because we saw that happening again and again going back to the stigma of telling people about the surgery is if you can't turn to your closest family and friends to tell them what's going on without getting a little bit of kickback, you're going to have, I mean, you're, you're, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to allow them to talk you out of having the surgery, which is the worst thing that can possibly happen, or you can find, you know, find your support elsewhere and turn it into another reason as to why you're doing what you're doing. And that's the biggest part of it is never like, you know, we alluded to in the beginning of the show. My biggest thing is, is to find and hold on to your why. 
your why is why you're having the surgery, why you decided to make the change, why now, hold on to that why for dear life because you cannot ever let somebody else take away your why because they're never going to understand it the way you do. You know you better than anybody else. You've got your best interests at heart above anybody else. So find your, you know, hold on to your why, find your support wherever that may be and realize that, you know, you like you like you had said in the beginning, Becca, you've already made your decision. So you don't need to be talked out of it going, you know, th th this is what's going to happen, you know, and I'd really like support on it. And if you can't, then I'm going to find it elsewhere. Right. And I, I think, um, like going back to my uncle and like his huge reason was, well, for one, like I'm 22, you don't, you don't really think of like 22 year olds, especially like in my family going out and having weight loss surgery. Um, so I think it's like him just saying, well, you're young and I've tried to have surgery done and I went through all the stuff and I was denied. How did you get approved? And I was like, I showed up. I showed up and here I am. I was like, I don't know, maybe it's you. I was like, but it, it's working for me. And I was like, that's what's going to happen. And like April said, like she was talking about how I am open on Instagram about it and stuff like that. But I also think it's because of all the support that I've gotten thus far. And the fact that everybody in the community understands where my head is and like no one, regardless of who I tell, my mom, my dad, my aunt, my uncle, you know, whatever, they don't understand. Like, and that's why I made my Instagram to find support and find a community and reach out and like, I mean, yeah, like I, I can go to my, my fat friends and say, yeah, like, you know, you see my back, like I hate that. Um, and they'll be like, yeah, well, like my back's not that bad. So like, I really don't care. So it's like, it's, it's someone who understands it's like it's past support it's like like there's a support group who doesn't get it and there's a support group who does get it and that's the difference well and the age thing to me that's what's funny is like well you're 22 well, what do you think i'm not going to care that i'm fat at 25 like it's not going to bother me that i'm fat at 30 like all, all it's going to do, like that, that makes no sense to me. It's not like you told them like, yeah, I'm going to go have a hysterectomy so I won't be able to have kids. You're going to change your mind on something that that's something that you go, well, you're only 22. Maybe you'll change your mind later and want to, you know, have some kids. I totally get that part. That's something you may want to throw an age at. Not the fact that I'm thinking about having weight loss surgery. Cause I promise you now, had I had it five years ago, the first time somebody brought it up to me, I would be in such a better place right now. Like I'm not doing bad now, but I would be in such a better place now because I would be, you know, so much, so much farther ahead of my recovery. But at the same time, you've got that, the same token that says maybe I wasn't ready to have it back then and the results may not have been the same. So while I'm, it kind of sucks for myself that I waited as long as I did, I'm also possibly having the success that I'm having at it because my headspace is way different. So the fact that you resigned yourself at 22 to make this change, you've got the whole rest of your life to live without having to go through any of the problems that a lot of us did by having it later in life. So if nothing else, I applaud the fact that you're doing it at 22 way more than I will try to discourage you from doing. Oh, absolutely. When, when, when you, when, when, <laughs> 
when you told me that your uncle said that for the first time, I was like, okay, cool. So then he, people are going to say that at every age until you get to the point where that all of a sudden it's going to be, well, you're too old for that. Well, you should have been doing this all along. Right. Should have right? done that 10 years ago. <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it is another way that the group is keeping you in the group. It's another way for them to, 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 to push you to not break the rules, to not deal with stuff because people don't want to get thrown in their faces. The fact that they could be doing something about it, just like you're doing something about it. That's really what it comes down to. And instead of people just taking a moment to reflect on their own insecurities and, and support you, they would much rather keep you down so that they don't have an excuse for not getting up themselves. And that's bullshit. That's total bullshit, right? I think, you know, the, the outsider mentality can, it can look a lot of different ways. And I just, I want to kind of go over just what this can look like, because if you're listening to this and you're going, well, I don't know, I don't know if this has happened to me. It probably has. You just haven't had a, a way to define it. Right. So, so this outsider syndrome can appear in a lot of different ways. It can be snide comments or memes or snide or, or not helpful conversations about weight loss surgery. It can be over the top or constant questions about the validity of your decision, right? So people having questions is very normal. Weight loss surgery is major. It is a surgery. There is no joke about it. I mean, you risk death. That is, that is the, the honest truth with this. So, but there's a difference between people having genuine caring questions and people having questions that are negative and are founded in fear and are founded in keeping you down. So it's normal to have questions, but these constant nitpicking questions, no, that, that, that's, that's part of this. Uh, being told that you're taking the easy way out or that you should just fill in the blank to lose weight, right? That's, that's this, this outsider syndrome, just straight up bullying. Just people bullying you about your, your decision. Uh, when people attempt to talk you out of having it, right? Even if it's like a flowery conversation, but it's like, oh, but you know, oh no, I, you know, you're too young or why are you doing that at 22? Gee, because I'm tired of being this way, right? So all of these are, are things that are trying to sideline you from, from making a change, right? It's, it's just, it's anytime you're feeling disconnected. It's anytime that you're, 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 you're feeling like you're being uninvited or you're being excluded from the group or from the conversation. This is, this is the, the outsider syndrome. Uh, you know, like Jason, like you, when I told my friends and family, it was very supportive. I really didn't get a lot of pushback. Uh, I did get constant questions from my grandparents who were older and they just don't understand. And I also had a friend that's very analytical and her questions were very, you know, to the point. And it came from a place of love. I'm fearful for you. I understand this is surgery. I don't want to lose you. I need to understand more. I, I absolutely get that. Well, then the you, can tell the, you can tell the difference between yeah. educational questions yes. and questions of somebody just wanting to, wanting to basically they're they're bringing it to you in a way that you will question yourself not answer their questions they want you to start thinking about it they're kind of slipping a little doubt in there here and there and and that's that's different than somebody that's actually asking educational questions because they want to be they want to know like they want to learn they're interested they want to make sure that they have a full grasp of what you're going to go through because as april said it is major it's a it's a serious you know procedure it's not something yep. that can be taken lightly it's not an outpatient drive by and get a mole taken off like we're not doing that like this no. is it's a serious situation nope. so but you know being able to educate as many people as you can 
that that's completely understandable. And you may have to do that because there's going to be a lot of, if you have a large family, you have a lot of people, you, you know, more than likely you're going to have to educate people and you'll answer the same question three or four times and you'll yep. get your little spiel down and yep. it's best to kind of have, like April says, a canned response that you can just kind of be like, and blah, because that way, you know, you've hit all their little points and, answer sometimes you can answer further questions and some of the things that you're going to say so you don't have to sit there like you're at a damn press conference for an hour and a half <laughs> like <laughs> so i mean it's it it, it, com it comes in all ways shapes and forms it's just you have to you have to only really pay attention and and put put energy into the positive side of it and not draw from the negative side of it um, yes. if you're if it's really going to be helpful to you Yes. And what I really found too, is that if I, if I could lower my own defenses, right. When people ask me questions, because obviously, right. Like I was like, I was ready for a, for, for a fight when people were coming with these questions. And if I could just like, you know, calm yourself child and just listen to what people are saying, they asked some really great questions that it was like, Oh shit. I, I probably need to know that. Right. So then I'm writing down their questions and every time I'd be with my surgeon with a nutritionist, I'd be like, Oh, excuse me. Let me, let me bust out my book here. Let's see, my mother would like to know, my friend would like to know, but it was so helpful because it was like, oh yeah, duh, April, you probably should know these things. Like that make, you know, you're told, oh, I'm gonna have surgery. I know nothing about it. Yeah, yeah, you, girl, <laughs> you need to get yourself educated. The, you know, the, the two places that I got pushback that I was surprised at is when I told my sister, my sister and I are thick as thieves, right? And when I told her I was having weight loss surgery, she was like, oh, really? Ugh. You know, I mean, it was just kind of like, what? Like, you know, I've been fat forever. Like, you know, you've seen me go through what I've gone through, you know, when, when I have been so obese and her reaction was just very much, you know, she was like, well, you know, I, I, I support you. And she just stepped back. And for me, it was a little bit surprising, but at the same time, if, if my, if my sister came to me and said, Hey, I'm doing something major, I probably would do the same thing. I would just be like, okay, well, obviously, you know, you, but I'm so scared that something is going to go wrong. I just, I, I don't think I can deal with that. Right. So her reaction really helped me check myself in my relationship with her. And if she needed to step back from what I was doing, then she needed to do that for our relationship and for her. And that I, that, that was a great check for me. The other place that I got pushback that I was just like, are you kidding me? Is I've been in Weight Watchers for 10 years off and on. And somebody who I was very close with in Weight Watchers, they were a Weight Watchers acquaintance. She posted a meme in the Weight Watchers group about weight loss surgery. And it was like this split screen and it was like two windows, right? So like two, like imagine a bank, right? And one was like, oh, lifestyle change and healthy eating. And nobody was lined up there. And then the other window was weight loss surgery and everybody was lined up there. And it was like, oh, the easy way out. And she posted that meme and I was like, oh, hell no. And this is after I had had surgery. She posted this in the Weight Watcher group and I went off. I mean, I was very kind. And when I say I went off, I mean, it was like, you know, how the queen goes off type of thing. But I wrote her this like multiple paragraph response. Like, I can't believe that this is how you think. There are so many people in the Weight Watchers community who have been through weight loss surgery. You know me, you know how dedicated I was and am to weight loss. I mean, I was just like, what the fuck? I was so pissed, but it just made me realize how 
convoluted and how misrepresented weight loss surgery is in the world and in the community. And it really solidified my decision to be as public as I possibly could with my weight loss surgery journey. Because if my friend thought that, and this person knew that I had been through weight loss surgery, and I was just like, you are so, the, the world is so off with, with, with what weight loss surgery is and the benefits. And I was just like, oh, hell no. Nope. This is my life's mission now because that's bullshit. That, that, that would be the type of thing that somebody wants to put out to the world. And that, that is the outsider syndrome. That's her trying to keep people in the, the Weight Watchers group or to keep people, you know, thinking this story that all you have to do to lose weight is, is, is eat healthy. That's not true. When, 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 when people like me get to the point of the weight that I was at, Weight Watchers is not going to do it for me. It just isn't. My, my genetics are involved now. My biology is involved now. Addiction is involved now. I can't eat the points and lose the weight, right? Because my brain is not going to allow me to do that. So I just, that anger at that one interaction really propelled me into this this universe. And as you said, Becca, and as Jason, and I talk about all the time, I did not know the weight loss community existed on Instagram. Thank God I found it because that community is amazing. Like you said, Becca, it's so nice to, to interact with people or to ask questions and not have to explain any of the backstory because everybody already knows it. You don't have to go through like Jason, what you were talking about, like there's no, you don't have to give them the backstory. This isn't, this isn't a, a press conference every time I put something out there because everybody gets it. Everybody empathizes already. Everybody has been there. I can just get straight to the root of my question, my concern, my wondering. Whereas if I say that to people who are, have not been through it, even if they want to support me, which they do, I still have to go through the entire, well, I have to set it up and that's exhausting right? Setting up this conversation every single time you want to have it is exhausting. Instead of just going to the community that's already been there, done that, I don't have to worry about that. I can just deep dive into it. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's very true. And, the, you know, the thing about the Weight Watchers deal is if one thing worked for every single person the exact same way, there would be one diet, one diet only, and everybody would stick to it, and everybody would be skinny. And if, car let's like say, you know, all you got to do is cardio, so just get to walking and you'll lose the weight. Well, then why are there fat male men? There would be no fat male men if cardio alone made everybody skinny. Like, don't give me that shit. I know that's not the case. Just like there's fat people at salad bars. Like, you can't just eat salad all the time and be skinny. Like, if, if one thing worked for every single person, there wouldn't be fab diets. There wouldn't be Atkins. There yes. wouldn't be Weight Watchers. Like, it's we're, the we're, fact that people get so narrow-minded on this situation is just, it's, it's beyond. Oh, dude, my, my favorite meme of all time is like, it's what I think it's like a Cam Newton meme, you know, and he was like dressed up or something like that. And, and it's, it was basically like, Oh, really? Like, I just need to go to the gym. Then why are you looking like a box of cornflakes and you still work it out every day? It's like, yes, thank you. This is just freaking yes. ridiculous. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And that's, that's oh. what I don't understand. Like that people get so, so narrow minded on this stuff. Like it's the one thing will not work for every single person. Everybody's no. different. And same thing, like you have people that, that succeed and fail in the weight loss surgery game. Like this, this is not e like for people to say this is the easy way out. That's the most, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. 
Yeah. Because being through it, even the easy time that I've had compared to a lot of other people with the surgery and the after and all that, like uh, easy my ass. Like y'all, y'all missed the part where I found the easy part because I, <laughs> I, it hasn't been easy for me now. I mean, as easy as it's been, it hasn't been easy for me compared to if I could just show up at the gym, bang out a couple reps and then head to the house. Like, cool. That's, that's way better. Cause then I could still, you know, uh, just yeah. to me, that's, that's funny. No, the, the, the easiest part about weight loss surgery is, is, is not even thinking about it. I mean, it, it's easy. It, it was easy to, to remain the same as, as devastating and unhealthy and, and, and physically painful as that was staying the same was much easier than making the decision to have weight loss surgery. And the woman who inspired me to have weight loss surgery told me over and over again, the, the hardest part of weight loss surgery is before. And I absolutely agree with that because what you're going through now, Becca, are the questions and the second guessing and jumping through all the ridiculous hoops of the nutritionist appointments and blood work and surgeons appointments. I mean, all all that is designed for you to to cop out. It is designed for you to say, nope, I'm not going to do this. Because if everybody had weight loss surgery, it would be devastating for the healthcare industry because people would all of a sudden be healthy. But, you know, I mean, it's a lot of work to, to take somebody through surgery. So they're purposely trying to weed out the people who are not mentally and physically strong enough to go through it. And then after you have the surgery, it is, it is hard work, but it is not as hard as remaining the same. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, right, that, that outside, that, this outsider syndrome is working really hard to keep you the same. And, and doing what you're doing now is, is the hard work. Well, and that's the, you know, kind of the thing about the outsider part of it. It can't, it, 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 that is not specific to a friend group, not specific mm-hmm. to a family group. That's, that's ever, that could be your job. That could be your friends, family, that could be, you know, coworkers. That's, that's, that could be a lot. There's a lot of people involved in, in, in that group of, of people that you could possibly receive pushback from or feel like an outsider. In. You know, like the Weight Watchers group, that's part of it. Um, so really, really leaning on this on the positive side of the support group is 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 what's going to help you the best in this whole situation. So whatever that is, you find that support and hold on to it because we're going to be here for you when it comes down to that. Way more than anybody else is, you'll find that out later on in life. Absolutely. So that's a really great segue. So so now that we have a very clear understanding of what the outsider syndrome is, let's talk about what we can do to to mitigate it, right? So not necessarily to 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 leave it, but once we once we experience this this feeling, what can we do to to, to move away from it, right? So we, clearly we need to move through it. We can't just avoid it. So we're going to have to walk through it. But we can walk through it in a way that 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 helps everybody, including ourselves. So what we talked about earlier, the, the best thing that we can recommend is like what Jason said, keep your why front and center. If you always have that in the forefront of your brain, if that's always at the forefront of your, what you speak and what you think, it's going to help mitigate, it's gonna help deflect all of these things that, that, are, that are coming in at you to try to pull you back to, to that group. And like what Jason said earlier, I'm a huge uh, fan of this arm yourself with a canned statement. So what are you going to tell people every single time when these people come at you with, well, why and this and that and and all these other things? Have a statement, have a sentence or two 
that you write out and you practice and you say that every single time somebody comes at you. I have my can statement. I should have, I should have unearthed it for, for this episode. I don't remember what it was, but it was very much, here's why I'm doing it. Here's why this is the best choice for me. It wasn't a statement that invited conversation. It was a statement that ended conversations because that's what I needed at the moment. So really think about, you know, do you want to invite conversation into, into your weight loss surgery journey? Or do you just want to let people know this is what it is. This is not open for discussion, right? I think that you can have two different statements based on where you want that conversation to go, but arming yourself with that statement that, you know, frontwards and backwards, and you will bust out every single time somebody comes at you is super helpful, super, super helpful. Um, I am also a big fan of just having honest conversations. I lived my life um, with half-truths for so long that I am now to the point where the only conversation that's worth having is an honest conversation, even if it's brutal, even if it's going to be difficult. I've just found that the more honest I am, the more that I use the magic statement, and that is, you know, well, when you say this or when you do this, I feel this way. You know, people can't argue with your feelings. All that people can do is just, is just acknowledge them. So having those honest conversations with people, letting people know what, how it makes you feel when they say certain things to you can be really powerful because it, it puts the responsibility, the responsibility has never been yours, but it very clearly puts the issue back with them, right? They're trying to hand you all this stuff because they want you to carry it. They want you to be a part of the group. And by you saying, you know, when you say those things, it makes me feel disrespected or it makes me feel un unheard or it hurts my feelings. Oh, you're literally taking this ball of crap that they've given you and you're saying, here you go. This is not me. This is you. And that's where that belongs. And people can't argue with that. Honest conversation, those magic statements and just saying just the straight up truth is, is the, the absolute best thing. Um, that you can say in a conversation. Uh, the other thing that we recommend is connect with people who are doing and living the way that you want to live, which you have absolutely done uh, on Instagram in those communities. You have sought out people who, who are living the life that you want to live or are living the way that you want to live. And you're emulating them. You're, you're seeing what they're doing. You're, you're taking those notes. You're, you're making changes in your own life right now to live the way that those people are living. And that's super powerful. Where, like what Jason said, where this gets to be a little bit hard is that if you look around in your circles, in your groups, and you don't see that, it can be hard. And, and you and I kind of talked about that, right? There are some people, there's, there's some people in your life who, who are living the way that you want to live. And then there's people who, who are not. So how, uh, have you reached out to people in your life, Becca, who, who are living the way that you want to live and, and have you had these conversations and, you know, are you, are you really emulating what they're doing? I actually haven't. Um, I, I, I'm kind of just stuck still like with that, that kind of like not knowing like how to start those conversations at the same time. Um, so yeah. I'm kind of just, I'm just kind of like taking it as it is right now. Yep. Gotcha. The well, last and, a, time you... and, and, and the thing about that, sorry, April, not to cut you off, but nope. uh, the thing about that, it, you know, to me, what, I, what I'm thinking about it is, is just because you may have a group of people that don't really view what you're doing 
the same as you do or with the same importance or the same, you know, they may not really agree with what's going on. That doesn't mean that you necessarily are going to alter that friendship, so to speak, or your place in that kind of area. What you, you know, what it's going to mean is, is that that's just something, that's just something that you guys don't talk about. It's something you're going to continue living your life to your best. You're going to keep doing your thing. You're going to lose the weight. You're going to do whatever. You can still be with those people in the same capacity. You're just going to be a different person while you're doing it. Absolutely. And I think if you're, if you would like to talk to, if there's somebody in your life that you want to talk to about this and you just don't know how to start that conversation, what I have found is very helpful in, in my life is if I know I need to talk to somebody about something and it's serious or it's going to be, you know, a crucial conversation, right? It's going to be, it's going to be a conversation that, that has a lot of meaning or depth to me. I, no joke, I will ask people, hey, I, I need to talk to you about something or I want to talk to you about my weight loss surgery. When can we have that conversation? So I'm not springing a conversation on somebody, right? I'm not like plotting when's the best time to have this conversation. I'm literally scheduling a time in my life to have a conversation with somebody. And it's, it's a trick that I learned from my very dear friend who, who recently passed. It, it has been phenomenal because we both are going into the conversation under the same understanding that we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about this one very specific thing. We're not going to talk about anything else. It might be a little bit uncomfortable, but at least we're both going into the conversation not surprised. And I can't tell you how powerful those conversations have been because I don't need to worry about anything else getting brought up or when the conversation perhaps steers in a direction that is off topic, I can say, you know, that, that's, that's off topic or, you know, that, that's not related to this. I really only want to talk about this this thing. And if the person is veering the conversation, continues to veer the conversation away from what I want to talk about, then the conversation has entered a place where they're not comfortable anymore. And I have the power to say, you know what, I can tell that this is going in a, in a different direction or, or you know, the, we're, we're off topic. So I think we need to end the conversation, but I would like to revisit this. And then you're just done. Then you're, then you're walking away. It, it can be a very powerful tool and a very safe way for you to engage in a meaningful conversation with somebody that you want to. And, and it, it takes the pressure off, right? There's, there's no surprises. There's no like gotcha moments. It's just, Hey, I, I really want to talk to you about this. When, when can we have this conversation? And well, it allows them to get in the right headspace also. Yeah. And it kind of gives them, you're splitting power in that situation because not only do you have the power to say, you know, to, to let, to kind of navigate the conversation, but at the same time, you're giving them partial power to be able to say when they're ready to receive the information that you want to give them. So it's kind of an equal, you know, an equality thing when it comes to that side of things that they're going to feel like that. That's another, it's a really good way to get buy-in for somebody that may otherwise not have bought into what you were trying to tell. Yep, absolutely. I, I, I cannot recommend that, that method more. I've probably used it a thousand times in my life now. And I have not, to this day, I have never had a conversation that's been set up like that, that, that was not meaningful and, and didn't help me move forward. I mean, 
and a lot of these times this might sound crazy, but I have to have these types of conversations with my parents. You know, I need to go to them and I say, Hey, I, I need to talk to you about this. This is going to be serious. When can we talk about it? And they're not easy conversations. A lot of them have been difficult, but we've all left that conversation because it clearly needed to happen with a new understanding. We're on the same page or we're not on the same page and we know where we're off. And then we've got a clear plan to move forward. It's just, yeah, it's a great thing. And if it makes you nervous, reach out to somebody that you trust and practice these practice conversations. You can, you can practice. That's the glorious thing about these types of conversations is that with anything in life, you, you can practice this. And there are people out there who, who are willing to, to do that, right? So if you went to a friend or if you went to, to somebody who you trust and you say, man, I really want to talk to my mom about this. Will you help me practice this conversation? People, people are, are, are going to be, be willing to do that. I mean, I'm willing to do that. I know Jason's willing to do that. Um, so that's, that's a really great way if, if you're ready for that. And then the other thing that I would recommend, I think that Jason and I would both recommend, and Jason, you've already said this, is that if you've done, if you've had these conversations, if, you know, if, if you've had these honest conversations, if you've done all of these things and your group is still not on board, time to find a new group. You are allowed to do that. You are allowed to cultivate people in your life who support and empathize with you, right? Because supporting does not mean that they agree with everything that you do, right? Supporting also means that they question, they wonder, they, they push your thinking. But if you are only surrounded by people who are trying to draw you back into that group, who are trying to encourage you to not make decisions that you know are best for you, then it, then it might be time to, to find some new people. And that's okay. That is totally, totally, totally okay. Well, do you think, did I, did I miss anything? Did I miss, miss anything about what we can do to move beyond, um, you know, the, the outsider syndrome? Is there, is there anything that you guys are feeling was missed in this conversation? I don't think so. Becca, how, how are you feeling? Are, are you leaving this conversation with maybe some new information or some ideas on, on how you can battle the, the outsider syndrome? Yeah, I, I think I need to definitely like uh, rip the bandaid off and just have these these more put together conversations with like my family and stuff like that. You know, I think if you're feeling the need to have those conversations, then they probably have to be have to be had. I would yeah. say if you're not feeling the need, right? And you you said it beautifully before in the beginning. You don't owe anybody a, a conversation, right? The, this is totally up to you. But if you are feeling like you want to share or you need to share, then I think there's a way to go about it that, um, that will protect you, that, that, that keeps your power with you and invites people to join you on your adventure. And those that don't want to get on the train, like Jason said, they don't have to get on the train, but that train's leaving the station with or without them. <laughs> so, and, and another thing too, is that you really need to think about is, is this is your timeline. You create the timeline. You can tell, you can start to tell people, and if you don't like the feedback you're getting, you can stop. You can kind of reevaluate the situation at any point in time. There's nothing saying you have to tell everybody before surgery. You can tell some people after surgery, because at least at that point, if they, they can't try to talk you out of it, because whether you're going to put your stomach back, no, they're not <laughs> going to do that. So 
I mean, that, and that's one of those things that, that may have to happen too, because like, I, I know that, that I told a couple of people that I was the night before I went in, because I'm like, Hey, guess what? Tomorrow, this is what's going to happen. So what's up? Um, and that's just kind of the, the thing about it is, is everything about this is your timeline. You don't, and, and you've already said you don't owe anybody anything as far as the conversation goes. So tell who you want to tell. Don't tell who you don't want to tell. They'll see you. They'll see the changes and they may remark on it. You can just tell them, hey, I'm just doing better things. I'm living better because you're not lying at that point. You're doing, you're eating better. You're living better. The things about what you've done, you've made some lifestyle changes and that's all you need to do. You leave it at that. You don't have to tell everybody you had surgery. Who gives a shit? Like they, they don't need to know all the ins and outs of what's going on with you. All you need to know is I used to look like this. Now I look like this. What's up? Yep. If you are listening or watching this conversation and you are, you are part of the group that has really never experienced the outsider syndrome, or maybe you haven't been through weight loss surgery, but somebody in your life has been through weight loss surgery. I think listening and being a part of this conversation is only going to help you be a better person for somebody who is going through weight loss surgery. Uh, it's important to know how other people are feeling, how other people are experiencing their weight loss surgery. And to know that this is a real thing means that you can adjust how you interact with people who have been through weight loss surgery or are going through weight loss surgery, right? It doesn't mean that, that you can't question, that you can't wonder, that you can't probe, but hopefully this gives you some really great insight into how you can be the best support person for somebody going through weight loss surgery. I'm sure it's never your intention to make somebody feel like an outsider. And it would be a really powerful question for you to ask somebody, hey, am I making you feel like an outsider? Or am I making you feel like you don't belong? Because if I am, I apologize. I absolutely don't want you to feel like that. So what can I do to, to make you know that you are still a part of this group or a part of this family or a part of this, this circle, right? That's a really powerful question to ask somebody uh, if you are on the outside looking in. And all that's going to do is invite honest conversation, meaningful conversation, and it's really going to strengthen your relationship with everybody involved. So um, I hope that you, you know that you can be, you, you can be a person that, that makes somebody feel welcome and comforted along their journey if, if you're looking from from the outside in right well and and, and having concern and, and please don't think that we're saying having concerns is being negative you know being worried about somebody that you love being worried about somebody that's a really good friend to you those are all perfectly normal because like we said this is a serious procedure these types of worries are going to happen regardless of, i don't care how supportive you are you can be the most uplifting supporting person in the world you can still have questions concerns you can still be nervous about things and that's perfectly normal you just have to make sure and relay the fact that, you know, I'm not being negative. I'm just nervous. I just want to make sure that you're okay. Because if you are, ha if you are that close with someone and you have that relationship with someone, of course you don't want to see anything bad happen to them. You don't want to see them hurt. You don't want to see them struggle. So those are all perfectly normal thoughts and feeling processes and all those things. But it's better to talk those through with the person that's going through it versus not talking about it and it come, possibly coming out looking like you're not supporting that person. So, you know, those are all things because it, us going through the surgery and all that, it's not just us doing it. 
it's, you know, for me, it was my wife went through it. My son went through it. My daughters went through it. My granddaughters went through it. Like it was all, it happened to all of us, not just myself, because they all had concern. They all had questions. Everybody wanted to make sure that I was okay. And that's going to be normal. That's going to happen. So, you know, just, you, you just want to be remembered after all the dust settles. You want to be remembered as the positive, uplifting, supportive person. You don't want to be the person that, that put a negative spin on something that's a, a fantastic process for somebody to rebuild their life. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. All right, you guys, I think we did it. I think we, we, we took a deep dive into the outsider syndrome. I think we were able to share how we have all experienced this in our own different ways. And I think we're all leaving here armed with some really great tools to help us navigate through the outsider syndrome so that we can come out on the other side stronger. Becca, we can't thank you enough for being so open and honest and willing to share your experiences with us. I know that can be uh, that can be really raw and you uh, continue to be such a wonderful uh, resource for, for the community and, and really for yourself. I think Jason, and I always say this, whenever we leave our podcast, he and I always are amazed at how much we've learned about ourselves and each other and how much we grow in these conversations. So I hope that, I hope that you're, you're getting the same thing as well. Definitely. I am. Thank you guys so much. Yep. You're thank you. Welcome. So as always, we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you watching. Uh, as we say all the time, Jason and I created this community uh, because we, we, we felt a need. Uh, so if you are watching, if you are listening, if you like what you, what you heard, if you like what you saw, if it resonated with you, please like this episode. Please subscribe. We also welcome and invite reviews. And as Jason said, we're always, always looking for your feedback. If there's something that you think that we can improve, please do let us know. You're not going to hurt our feelings. If there's something that you absolutely loved and you were so excited that, that we put out there for you, please also let us, uh, let us know that too. We, we definitely want to make sure that we're only producing things that are of value to you in the community. And we only know that if you give us your feedback. So we very much appreciate that. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And yeah, we're excited to, to continue to deep dive into more topics. Definitely. Thank you guys so much for the support, the love. Instagram's growing like crazy. Uh, the Between the shout out Sundays and the, everything we've got going on on Instagram, you guys are killing it as far as the community goes, helping us grow and build and we just, we appreciate you guys so much because we've, we, we couldn't do this without you guys. We do this for you guys, for ourselves. So we, we just appreciate all the love and support. Awesome. All right, guys, with that, we'll wrap up the episode. Thank you again. And we look forward to catching you guys on the next episode. Yep. See you later. Awesome. Bye guys.